All right, welcome into the official. I'm your host, Alfred, and we've got, of course, a great show for you this week. We are going to talk about the Elite 11 Finals. So it is a QB-centric episode. We're going to talk about all the QBs, or most of the QBs, that have been invited to the Finals. Uh, some we've already talked about quite a bit on the show, um, but we're going to try to highlight a lot of the ones we have not talked about already and give predictions and who we think is going to be MVP, who we think is going to be in the, in the 11, all that good stuff tonight on The Official. guys good to see you uh welcome back to the official everybody and good to see all the boys in the house here before we get started definitely want to mention our home field apparel affiliation we have now so if you want to go to that website i'm wearing a minnesota national champs 1979 shirt and you got the little hockey gopher on there so it's not all football but college apparel with a bit of a unique aspect they've paired with uh, various colleges um, to come up with aesthetic that is oftentimes kind of a retro feel or older logos and newer logos. So it's really a great website. You should go check it out. And if you enter campus number two Canton as your promo code, you're going to get 15% off at home field apparel. I literally have like 10 of their shirts. I'm probably going to be getting some sweatpants. They have hoodies. It's a great website. If you love college football or even college anything, um, and want to wear some gear that looks a little unique and different. So go there, homefieldapparel.com, enter the Campus to Canton promo code. And then also, of course, campusdayincanton.com is our parent website. Everything you need for the college side of fantasy to the NFL side of fantasy. Obviously, this show focuses on recruiting, but membership starting at $2.99, tools, rankings, articles, meetings with the founders to talk about your fantasy team, anything you want starting at $2.99 per month and going up from there. So go check out campuscans.com. Now, down to business is the Elite 11 Finals, guys, coming up this week, I believe. Uh, we love to see this time of year. The best QBs in the country are going to be there. David was able to make it out last year. I don't think you're going to make it this year, unfortunately, but... We're going to talk about it. So I'm going to throw it out to you. Who's the favorite? I think there's one name in mind, but I want to throw it to you guys. Do you have any other ideas on who might be the favorite to get MVP in the Elite 11 this year? I mean, I don't know about Dave, but I think uh, for me, it's pretty easy, Rayola. I, mean, I think at this point, he has the best combination of tools, and uh, I think he should thrive in the environment. David, you got any hot takes for us? Yeah, I think it has to be CJ Carr. No, uh, it's, I think Rails. <laughs> I mean, I think Rails is a pretty strong favorite. Um, and the, other, the other guy I mentioned was Julian Sand. It sounds like he did really well in his regional, and you know he's committed to Alabama. Just a super rock steady player, so I could see him just like his whole kind of body of work. That you know, if he has a good week, he could he could possibly win it. But yeah, I'd say Rails. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll talk about some sleepers here, but I think the odds-on favorite is Rayoli. He's the number one player in the country. But, you know, I feel like the number one QB going into these events sometimes has a disadvantage. I don't know if it's expectations or what, but, I mean, I remember Quinn Ewers, I don't think, won MVP at his Elite 11 Finals, and he was a 1.000 ranked number one player in the country, you know, one of only two QBs in the history of 24-7 to be a 1.000. So... 
You know, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I think, though, the odds on favor, you got to say Rayola. We'll talk about some sleepers in a minute. And we've talked about Rayola a bunch. He's got the cannon. He's he's a great prospect. So we, we don't need to beat that uh, into the ground anymore. But before we get to the sleepers, what do you think about the roster as a whole? And is there anybody you wish was there that is not, that didn't make it out? Matt, we'll throw it to you. You've got a name here on the show sheet I don't even recognize. A guy you want to be at the Elite 11. What's his ranking in the 24th? Is he even at the top 30? Uh, if he isn't, he might be just outside. I mean, he's a recent riser. so. Okay. Um, but yeah, as the, uh, as in terms of the Elite 11 roster as a whole, I mean, I think we all agree to this point. It's a pretty weak quarterback class. Um, you know, there's guys with traits, and uh, we'll see how they you know stack up together here in the coming week. But, uh, you know, I'm on love. And my sleeper pick is Miles O'Neal. He's, uh, I believe he was out of Connecticut originally, just transferred to New Jersey to the, the Hun School. So uh, going up against, you know, a little bit better competition this year. Uh, the offers have been flowing in. I think Michigan State was the first one to give him a big offer. But, he, you know, being a ton of Power 5 offers in the last month or so, uh, you know, six foot five, 220 pound, big arm, not really very mobile kind of guy. Uh but, yeah, I would have liked to see how he stacked up against some of these guys. I don't think he went to any of the regionals. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think he did. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, a guy who doesn't even go to the regionals, tough to make it to the finals. But, uh, all right, so Miles O'Neill, new name. I don't think we've talked about him at all, but uh, late riser and sounds like a big old pocket passer. I think that's, like, what I'm going to call these guys, you know, just forever now. Pretty David. Much. Talk to me about Demaricus Davis. He's uh, he's your player you wish was at the finals and is not. I wish he was there. I, I Mostly because it would be a little Cinderella story for me. I, he's just like a zero-star guy I identified pretty early. He's, he's already been rising, so he's not as fun to talk about. But, um, you know, I think he was a top three performer, according to 24-7, at the LA Regional. And I just think he's got a – I like the way he throws it, man. He's got He's got really good arm action. Uh, really good power, and he's he's got that you know he's six four one ninety with a with a nice frame to fill out, and I think he's an ascending player in general. So it would have been cool. I didn't think he would because he's still pretty raw. So I'm not. I mean, I, I didn't, I'm not surprised he's not invited. You never know though. Like um, someone could always like like Nico bailed out last year, and then uh, you know there's always like a late addition. Was I it, think the year that CJ Stroud won. End? Was it like Novasad? Was he a last minute invite, or was he already there? Uh, no, he, he was, was already, already there. there. It was Jackson Smolik. Jackson Smolik, yeah. Oh, Smolik, yeah. Who wound up at Michigan State, I think. But I think he actually, I think Smolik actually made the top eleven. Um, yeah. And then yeah, the year that CJ Stroud won it, he was a, a late addition. So you never know. You know, he could be one of those guys like last man in type thing. Do you believe in miracles? All right. So uh, my sleeper, not my sleeper, but the player I wish was there is my guy, friend of the show, Walker White. You know, would love to see him have competed in the finals. Saw him at as a, you know, after he had just finished his sophomore year uh, at a regional in Nashville last year. Really impressive guy. Um, Just kind of visually just was one of the biggest guys there uh, as of just after a sophomore season, got a really nice arm, great mechanics, and he's mobile. Um, needs to work on his accuracy a little bit. And I think he'd be fine telling, you know, me saying that like he, he knows it, but I uh, would love to see his progression from last year to this year. And um, he was supposed to be at the Atlanta regional didn't make it. I was, I was talking to him a little bit. I don't know why he didn't make it out there. And so obviously missing the regional, I think, 
you know, put it pretty hard to make the finals. He's a top 10 QB, though, I'm pretty sure, in the consensus. So, like, he would have been a candidate to get over there. Uh, really wish could have seen him, but we'll just have to wait till he's on the planes at Auburn. Um, <clears throat> so that's my guy. Now switching gears, players that are there that maybe no one's quite giving a chance. I mean, I think that general consensus is Rayola, but we're going to shoot our shot here. Who's a lesser-known guy? I think we are talking before the show a little bit. It's like Rayola, maybe – uh, Julian Sayan could be considered co-favorites, maybe if you wanted to be a little bit edgy, but it's really Rayola, maybe Sayan, and anybody else would be a sleeper at this point. So, you know, throw out plenty of names. We'll go with Matt first. Who would be your guy you think could surprise? And it's not out of the question that somebody does take it home over Rayola, the MVP. Uh, yeah, I'll be going with Colin Hurley. I mean, he's kind of my guy in this class. He's, you know, the youngest quarterback by far. He reclassified. Not even going to be uh, 17 yet when he steps on campus. And easily one of the biggest arms in the class. I would put you know, him on the same tier as Lagway and Rail as you know, a tier of their own in this class in terms of arm strength. I think his arm is that good. Crazy velocity. Um, super young for the class, but you know, accuracy problems. He's definitely had to deal with that. Um, definitely want to see him clean that up. But it seemed you know, manageable enough for him to be one of the only uh, people to get an invite one of the only seven people to get invite on their, you know, on the initial uh, Elite 11 regional workout. So I, I think that says a lot. I think, you know, maybe he's cleaned things up a bit. And, uh, you know, the ceiling is through the roof. I like that pick. I do. I mean, and I was watching him the other day, and he's got a very fast relief. It's, it's released. It's almost maybe three quarters. Would you agree with that? It's like a little trending towards sidearm, but, but he gets it out very fast. Um, and I love that. I mean, I, I do look for a quick release. I do look for a quick, compact, repeatable release. And he's got that for sure. So, uh, all right, Colin Hurley for Matt. David, who you got as your sleeper to maybe take the throne from Dylan Rayola? I'm going to pick Ryan Pugliese. Um Biggest selling point is his arm talent. I do think he has one of the stronger arms in the class. Um and also, like, he has really good arm dexterity in general. Like, he can throw from different arm angles, uh, can throw on the move. So he's not the most athletic, I suppose, but he can move move outside the pocket, make some off-platform stuff. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, he's got pretty good control. I think that if he gets hot, um, he, could, he could make a run at it. And also, he's got a little chip on his shoulder here. Um, people don't sleep on that. Don't sleep on that chip on the shoulder. Just, you know, now that Rayola has committed to Georgia, he says he's going to stick it out. So maybe he wants to prove that, you know, he's the better guy. We'll see. It's a pretty interesting take. I mean, if he actually won MVP over his classmate Rayola, that would be something. Um, the fact that Georgia's got both these guys who I think should probably both finish like in the top five, uh, at, at worst, because I like Puglisi quite a bit as well. Um, is crazy. And, you know, when, even when Alabama had the two guys longer, uh, Lonergans and uh, Holstein, did, I don't even know if either one of them was in the finals. David, you were there. Were, were both of them in the final or neither? I think Lonergan was playing baseball, so he didn't go. But Holstein, he made, I think he made the final 11. Okay. Oh, he made the final 11. Because it's just wild. I mean, they could have two top three finishers even. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, they're doing some good things down in Georgia. And then my sleeper pick is a guy who's ranked QB7 in the country right now, composite, Elijah Brown, out of Matter Day. Uh, he started since he was a freshman. He's got 70% career completion percentage, 
61 to 10 TD interception over the last two years. Big arm to me. He's accurate and he's poised. I mean, he really does look like he commands the pocket. Um, I don't usually give really great, um, uh, really great uh, scores for like sometimes, you know, processing and some of those intangibles that honestly is a little bit hard to tell from high school highlight tape. But like he really does seem to be a very good processor of the game um, and advanced for his age. And I think that kind of stuff, he's not super athletic. He's not going to run away and, you know, and make things happen on the ground, but that doesn't matter for elite 11. I think he should be able to impress everybody with his release, his mechanics, his accuracy and uh, overall poise. So I think <laughs> he's a bit of a sleeper to take the crown. All right. So we've talked about the, Roster as a whole, talked about player we wish were there, sleeper picks. Um, how about some just general discussion of some guys we haven't talked about too much uh, leading up to this show, but are highly ranked guys. I'm going to throw it to Matt for the very first one. That's Jaden Davis. I mean, this guy's a five-star. I feel like we've hardly talked about him at all. He's committed to Michigan. Um, I've got him undecided, but I think it, he has recently committed to Michigan, right? He's officially yeah. committed. Yeah. So that's a, that's a little mistake, but, uh, committed to Michigan and tell us what you think about Jaden Davis here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's just very solid, but I don't think he has a lot of high end traits. Um, you know, pretty good arm, but nothing crazy. He's very accurate, very consistent for the most part. I mean, I, I watched a couple full games of his, uh, going into last year. And uh, I had pretty high. I was pretty high on him at that point. And then, uh, you know, I saw a couple games where his, he didn't perform quite as good as as I would, you know would have hoped. You know, a few bad interceptions, just you know, very errant balls where it's like, oh, what is he really doing here? Um, but outside of that, I mean, it's hard to knock him too much, especially in this week of a quarterback class. Um, you know, he's probably one of the safer bets at quarterback this year, and. Uh, We'll see how he does. I mean, I, it's hard to be too excited about Michigan quarterback. I mean, come on. Also fair. The landing spot doesn't invoke a lot of excitement either. I think Jaden Davis, I don't know if you'll agree with this, and it's a bit of a throwback, kind of reminded me a little of Chris Leak. Um, just a nice crisp delivery. He does deliver a pretty ball. He's incredibly accurate, not super mobile, but just kind of like – very high floor, looks very solid, and delivers a great ball. I mean, 72% completion percentage is, is fantastic, and I think he had that at least last year, um, you know, while throwing for tons of yards. So kind of reminded me a little bit of Chris Lee, which, you know, is not a knock, but it's not also not like super, super high-end stuff. All right, David, a guy committed to your Notre Dame Fighting Irish, C.J. Carr stole him, ironically, from Michigan, who Jaden Davis is going to, even though his grandfather, I believe, was like longtime head coach Lloyd Carr. Tell us about C.J. Carr. Are you excited about the C.J. Carr era in, uh, at Notre Dame? Um, I'm not a very excitable guy in general, so <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. He, he's, he's like a big intangibles guy, I would say, um, you know, like a leadership type guy, a, a smart player, uh, accurate. Um, you know, good mechanics. He's got to clean up some stuff as far as um, like turnovers and stuff. Some of the games I watched, um, you know, he had some fumble issues and, and, you know, he had like five interceptions, which isn't a lot, but there's just some, there's some things to work on, I suppose. Um, but, you know, pretty good size. Um, he's like a high floor um, game manager plus maybe. Um, but, you know, 
I think he will be a multi-year starter at Notre Dame, and he'll probably win a, a good amount of games, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I think that there, these guys are guys we haven't talked about too much because of what you said. You know, Davis and Carr, both kind of high floor, but not super exciting, not super sexy, and can't really see a tremendous ceiling, but maybe they will surprise. Um, so those guys, high-end guys, Davis a five-star, Carr a high four-star, for fantasy purposes and land for landing spot, fantasy purposes and kind of their skill set, we have not been super excited about them, but should be quality players. And I think both of them will probably show well in this particular event. I, and I think something that uh, I should have pointed out before, Jane Davis did not get uh, invited to the 11 finals originally on, at, after his regional uh, performance. CJ okay. Carr did. So okay. there's at least that. Yeah, yeah. Good to hear <laughs> that point too. I mean, some guys, yeah, DJ Lagway was a five-star guy who didn't get invited after mm-hmm. the first round either. Um, all right, so Matt, back to you with a guy who is probably fantasy relevant and interesting as well. Hammond committed to Texas Tech. Talk to us about him. Yeah, I really didn't really know anything about him until a few days ago when I finally dove into his uh, film, and I, I was pretty impressed. I mean, there's a lot to like there. I think his arm is definitely intriguing. He can throw, you know, pretty laser balls. Definitely a pretty mobile guy, good size. Um, probably not the most accurate and definitely lacking some touch. I mean, he didn't really uh, ever, like, lob a ball up to guys or anything. He's kind of just drilling them at his receivers every time. Um, but, hey, good enough that he was able to get uh, the Lee 11 invite on the second pass-through. He wasn't, you know, an initial guy, one of those seven that I was talking about before. Um, but, you know, especially going to Texas Tech, uh, I like him more than uh, Jake Strong. I believe that was who their most recent commit was at quarterback. I like him more than him. So maybe uh, maybe he could be their next guy unless, you know, transfers, transfers obviously. You're muted. I was a little on Jake Strong as well. Kind of backed off on him, and I'd say Hammond is a little more interesting. Um, you know, would you agree Hammond reminds me a little bit of Max Dugan type of player? I, I don't think he's that level of athlete. Dugan was, you know, running a four fives off high school. So okay, okay, fair enough. Maybe a less athletic Max Dugan, which still is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. All right. So my next guy is not super exciting, but we want to talk about these guys uh, because they are, uh, you know, they did get their invite to the finals. But Daniel Kalen committed to Nebraska. Um. You know, just. Kind of average everywhere. I mean, honestly, there's not a whole lot to get excited about. He was a first-year starter, I think, as a junior, so um, <clears throat> still maybe learning and, and developing and maturing. But he's, you know, he's got decent anticipation, and he's kind of, uh, you know, even though after only starting one year, he just seems like a mature guy who's probably college ready. Uh, but again, I think just a serviceable type guy uh, who may have already peaked and just not a lot of athletics upside. Although he did meet the bare minimum 10% rushing market share uh, for his high school team. So at least he's not a zero in the rushing department and a decent 36 to seven TD interception. But like that's in, you know, that's in one year and seven interceptions isn't like, it's just kind of good. It's fine. Um, I think he's fine. I don't have high hopes for him in this competition. I think he'll be an afterthought, but you know, not a bad get for Nebraska because they're Nebraska and they get a five, you know, a decent three star. That's fine. <clears throat> um, all right. Throwing you back to Matt, you get another exciting guy to talk about. Give us your scouting report on Trevor Jackson, which we should look at during this competition. 
Yeah, so uh, he was kind of a surprise, uh, you know, invite that I don't think anybody was really expecting. He's one of those seven that did get the initial invite just off his first uh, regional workout. So uh, that's definitely good to see. That they obviously saw something there. I'll be honest, I wasn't in love with his tape when I went back and watched it. Apparently, he was playing with a bad shoulder uh, during his junior year, so I'm hoping to see a little bit more next year. Um, but he's one of the youngest quarterbacks in his class. He'll be, you know, 17 and a half uh, during, at National Signing Day, which is very, very young for the class. Uh, and he has one of the more high-end arm talents based uh, from our friends at Breakaway Data. He has the highest ball score in this class, which is a combination of their uh, max flooring velocity and their uh, release time. So that's definitely you know, impressive, him being considered that high of an arm talent. Again, I didn't quite see on the tape. Maybe it was the shoulder uh, holding him back a little bit, but... You know, I, I definitely will bet on a guy who's you know extremely young and uh, with a very big arm. Okay, I like it, and he's a, he's a little athletic. He's got he's got some juice in the legs. I Man, I wouldn't call him Lamar Jackson, but he's he's definitely got some juice on the ground for sure. Um, David, <clears throat> I believe this is a guy that you're going to have to talk about here that Austin kind of likes and saw in the Elite Eleven, I believe, last year. I think he's been talking about him for quite a bit now. That's Dante Reno headed to South Carolina. Um, what do you see in Reno that we should be excited about? Is there anything? Yeah, I mean, you kind of highlighted it right there. Uh, he's got he's another intangibles guy, uh, really good competitor, good leadership. Um, his dad's the coach of of Yale. Um, I think it's Tony Reno. Uh, so he grew up with football. He's been around the game for a long time. You know, I think I read an article since he was like four years old. Um, uh, but, you know, the one thing with him is um, he's one of the he's like the oldest player in my database, according to I got a DOB from two different sources. So his national signing day age is somehow 19.8, if that date of birth is cor correct. Wow. So that's um, really old. And I, so usually that's like, like usually you can't play like if you turn 19 before. I think it's September 1st or whatever for like, I don't know, no, like I normal public school football, I guess. I don't know. You're, you're not allowed to play, but he, I don't know if it's different because he is playing for a private school. I, so maybe they have different rules. I'm not sure. Or the DOB is just straight up wrong. I'm not really sure, but it's two different sources on three and like his baseball, um, his base, what's the baseball website where they perfect score probably. I think. Yeah. Perfect score. Um, so anyways, so I think he's probably closer to his ceiling than a lot of these other guys, you know what I mean, since he grew up with it. He's been around it for so long, but, you know, he is a smart player. I don't think he had any interceptions last year, and they play, like, an abbreviated – they play, like, nine games for whatever reason, I, probably because there's, like, so many other schools, other private schools that play. I think it was Massachusetts or Connecticut. I can't remember which one. But um, – so, yeah, I would say he's probably closer to his ceiling than a lot of these other guys. Um, but, you know, smart player, good leader, has all the intangibles. So he's he's interesting. Sounds like a QB2 glue guy. He's a clubhouse guy. Um, <clears throat> all right, so I'm going to talk briefly about Danny O'Neill here. Uh, I think he's an interesting little player. You know, 6 feet, 185, so kind of on the smaller side, but he's – you know, I, I think he's compact, but everything about him is compact. So I think his body size, but also his, you know, his motion. He's got a quick release. Um, I think he delivers a pretty nice ball. I mean, 
you know, he's the kind of guy that you could probably say if he develops perfectly and hits his absolute ceiling, you know, in that Drew Brees type of mold, just like a smaller guy navigates the pocket pretty well. He's got some athleticism, but then can deliver a quick on-time uh, football. And he does have a nice release. And I think he's, he delivers a nice, a nice ball for sure. Um, but going to Colorado. So that's a little interesting uh, just because we all kind of want to see what happens with Colorado. And then um, otherwise I would imagine he doesn't hit the ceiling of being Drew Brees. Like that's just like pie in the sky if you want to say perfect outcome, but he does have a little bit of rushing over the last two years. He's had 598 yards and 19 touchdowns. So he's got some mobility there. 65 to nine touchdown over two years uh, is also pretty nice uh, playing. I think in Indianapolis or Indiana high school football. So, uh, but I just think he's an interesting guy with a compact release that I could see working at the next level, but not um, and a little athleticism. So I think he's kind of interesting. I, I was surprised he got to the Elite Finals, to be totally honest with you, but he'll get a chance to get out there and perform. All right, <clears throat> so we've talked a little bit about the roster and some of the guys we haven't talked about on the show before. Now it's time to talk about, we are going to do a little contest uh, among the three of us, and we've all put in our bets here for order of finish, including MVP, and also basically who will make the Elite 11. And I haven't figured out the scoring exactly. But we have a few days to figure that out. And I think we're going to try to see who's the most accurate prognosticator of this group. I will start with myself and we'll just rattle off names here. But I got my dark horse, Elijah Brown, winning the MVP. So it's a little bit out there. And then I've got Puglisi beating Raiola and finishing second. And Raiola at third, Jaden Davis, Julian Sain at sixth, because I don't think his arm strength is going to impress um, Aaron Nolan, CJ Carr, Colin Hurry, Kromanoic, and then DJ Lagway rounding out the top 11. And then Michael Hawkins, Dante Reno, Isaac Wilson, Damon Williams, Danny O'Neill, Ethan Grunkmeyer, Haas Henny, Will Hammond, Daniel Kalen, and Trevor Jackson, because he's too raw to succeed at this event, is my little hot take. Um, Matt, do you know your guys off the top of your head? Or you want me to read them out? No, I got them pulled up here. Uh, I was going to say, I, I had a little bit of a different method here. I relied heavily on those uh, top seven that I was mentioning before. I think the fact that you'll even 11 evaluators off first ripper, like, oh, hey, I got to get this guy in before, like, you know, Pulgisi and uh, Elijah yeah. Brown, who both, you know, they saw and they're like, oh, eh, maybe we can find him later, you know. So uh, I, I think those guys would need to, like, really come out and have huge performances to really – uh, jump up the rank is there. But my anyway, my top 11 is uh, Dylan Rayola, 1, Julian Sain, 2, Aaron Nolan, 3, Colin Hurley, 4, which is my uh, sleeper bet, uh, Luke Romanoic, DJ Lagway, uh, 7, Trevor Jackson, 8, Jane Davis, 9, CJ Carr, 10. Uh, oh, wait, I'm totally messed up the, the actual numbers here. Uh, Elijah Brown. We're pretty close. Yeah. Elijah Brown, 10, Ethan Gunkmeyer, 11. And then I, I don't think there's really a point in saying the other. <clears throat> yeah, line. yeah. So you've got the rest of them. Uh, and again, I want to clarify. These aren't who I think are. These aren't like my rankings. These are who I think they will, you know, rank the highest. Right, right. This is elite eleven yeah. predictions. Because like you know, like for example, saying... I'm a big fan of like Demond Williams, but yeah. he didn't get initial seven invites, so I don't think they're that high. For example. 
Yeah, and I, and I think, like you mentioned, I think before, I mean, these guys, or maybe David was talking about um, in our chat, that they do weigh your overall body work. This isn't only mm. what happens this weekend. So, um, you know, I think taking all that into account is reasonable. They probably have guys they already like. But I also think some of the athletic guys who are exciting and probably for our purposes, for fantasy, may not be the best types in this event. So yeah. uh, I think it's fine. This does not mean these are our personal rankings here. All right, David, you got your rankings pulled up. You want to walk through your top 11? Yeah, sure. And I just want to mention, so I think there was eight players that got an initial ticket. So I guess there is room for a few guys to jam in your top 11 that didn't get that initial ticket. But um, anyways, my top 11, I have Rayola, Sayin, Aaron Noland, Roman Hoke, uh, Jaden Davis, Hurley, Carr, Puglisi, Lagway, Elijah Brown, and my wild card, Haas Haney, the Haas yes. I don't know. I know he's small, whatever. He's 5'11 and a half, 185. I don't care, whatever. He's fun. I like him. And I'm not in love with the other guys. So I'll roll the dice on, on my guy, Haas. Get your guy. I mean, I want Haas to be great just because I want to be like, I just want to tweet out like every Saturday, like Haas when he like, you know, runs for 40 yards and throws for three touchdowns or whatever. But um, <clears throat> all right, good stuff, guys. Well, we got to figure out scoring. I think we'll we'll have to figure out a way to award accuracy and maybe bonuses for like the getting the MVP right or something like that. So we'll see how we score that. And we'll update everybody after the Elite 11 comes to a close. We also, of course, have to get through our commitments for the week to wrap this thing up in the next few minutes. <coughs> David, Notre Dame got, I think, a pretty good one here in Kedron Young running back. Uh, do you want to uh, mention some things about him? We should be having a little 10-minute short about him, or not even 10, six-minute short this uh, uh, tomorrow actually releasing. So everyone look for that. Yeah, I'll just be brief. Um, he is – up to 220 pounds, I guess. And he, I think we haven't hit him 21.9 miles per hour. I mean, we always talk about how that's just an awesome starting point. There's not many, there's not many guys in this class that can say that. Uh, it is kind of, he doesn't have a offer from Alabama or Georgia, which is slightly strange given the, given how weak this class is. So I think, uh, you know, Matt had already charted some of his games and it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't great. So I think there might be some like vision issues and, and stuff like that, but, you know, for a guy his size, he moves well, uh, and he can break tackles. Um, so I'm good with that. So it's a nice pickup for Notre Dame. And I think fits a bit of what they want to do as well, like a big guy like that. I mean, they have estimate, but he's kind of limited. So I think Young's maybe a better version of a guy like that. Matt, we got back-to-back -back Clemson guys. Um, you just want to take both? I mean, I can take one if you want to shoot it to me. But T.J. Moore and Bryant Wesco, Clemson is on an absolute heater right now. Five-star linebacker, Sammy Brown, and then these two four-star receivers this week. Uh, what do you think about them? I mean, yeah, I mean, Clemson's been on a roll here. Uh, they're, you know, they've got the new-look offense coming in. Uh, we're hopefully going to see a lot more passing production, and, you know, they got two great guys for the future. I mean, Brian Wesco, I think, is going to you know, be a consensus top 10 wide receiver for campus can, at least. Uh, he's very high by the service. I believe 24-7's wide receiver three at the moment. Uh pretty high on really him. High. I know on three has him pretty high too. Uh, and you know, he's, he's a pretty athletic freak guy going to a small school, but you know, dominating at that level, especially in a very run heavy offense that they kind of customized just to get him the ball a bit more. So uh, I, I think there's a lot to like with him. 
And then TJ Moore, someone who's been, you know, kind of climbing up the rankings pretty quickly here. Uh, this offseason got offered by, you know, Bama, uh, Ohio State, I believe, USC. All, all the big schools have really piled on him. Uh, he's, you know, about six foot three, 190. Uh, he's been confirmed, clocked to 21.9 miles per hour, which is insane. But he's also a very refined receiver. Uh, he's great in contested situations. Not the best after the catch, but I think he has enough other traits to be, you know, a really, really good player at this level. I think he definitely has NFL upside. Yeah, I like Wesco quite a bit. I did a commitment video that'll be out next week. I think we're staggering these things, but uh, he's really, we haven't talked about him that much on the show, you know, in terms of the 2024 class yet, but I, I was pretty impressed. I think he's a really interesting guy and, and I think he's going to be a great fit at Clemson. Um, you know, if you really want to dream, like he's kind of that Justin Ross-ish guy, lanky, tall, outside X with 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 some good moves after the catch and things like that as well. Um, I did not write these two names down, so I'm just going to throw it up to whoever did. Emmanuel Ross, Stanford commitment, and then Cole Tab. Talk to us about them, whoever wants to throw it out there. Uh, yeah, I wrote both of them down because I was just checking real quick. And, uh, you know, they're two interesting guys I think could be fantasy relevant at least at some point. Uh, Emmanuel Ross out of New Jersey, uh, one, another one of the younger players in this class. I think he's you know going to be like 17.6 on National Signing Day, something like that. Uh, and he's just a fun player of New Jersey that you know I'm a fan of. Don't exactly love the Stanford landing spot, but uh, definitely somebody to monitor. I, I have him decently high, top 50 wide receiver. And then Cole Tab, uh, super productive wide running back out of Florida, uh, a bit tiny, but you know he's a big time weightlifter. Uh, crazy, crazy production. You look at, I believe, over 2,000-yard rusher last year uh, with some pretty good receiving stats on top of it. So, uh, mm-hmm. fun player, bit small, but uh, you know, could definitely be productive in college. All right, good stuff. So, Stanford pulling the Clemson light, getting a bunch of commitments this week as well. Um, but, yeah, all right, well, that sounds good, good stuff. We always, we always uh, like these young for their grade prospects and you won't hear a lot of other recruiting shows talking about that but i think that does matter everything we've ever looked at from a metrics perspective says if you're producing at a young age it's better so props to you guys for knowing their ages looking up the date of birth i know sometimes it can be difficult uh to find that info for these prospects but that's why we have the best recruiting team in the biz i mean i don't even think that's uh, hyperbole so um <clears throat> thank you very much guys This was a great show. I look forward to following the Elite 11 finals and, uh, you know, may the best predictions win. Uh, This has been the official.